What's up, everyone? We're here for post-game Locked On Bucks, and uh, this series continues to get wild. I feel like I'm sore after just watching this game four. It was brutal, and uh, the Bucks' fourth quarter was also brutal, and we're going to get into that because the series is now tied 2-2, heading back to Boston. So there's plenty to talk about, so let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning, fading shot. Up, hear me on this show monday to friday and also find um, my work over at espn we've also got weekend pods on post game during the playoffs uh, as well and joining me uh actually did a couple of games to go on the post game pod we're happy to get camille on the in the post game rotation frank is traveling today i'm about to travel so it might be a bit shorter <laughs> than the usual post game pod but uh we're going to get through everything you need to from this game and this episode is brought to you by prize picks use the promo code nba or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And uh, Camille, I said in the tease that I feel sore after just watching this game. And for all the talk over the last 48 hours about the officiating, about the physicality of this series, I, I didn't know if it was possible to go up another gear, but it felt like it almost did. The amount of bodies on the floor in this game was absolutely unbelievable. And ultimately, in the end, the story of the game for the Bucks, and this has been largely the case through the series, but to an even uh, greater degree tonight, Giannis was trying his best to carry yeah. this team to the win, and uh, he looked like he had absolutely nothing left at the end of this game, and he needs a little bit more help. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you you, you look at the game, and the Bucks losing the fourth quarter, forty-three to twenty-eight. Forty-three so, a lot of points. to twenty. Eight, um, especially after having that hot third quarter where I'm sitting there, I'm thinking like, hey, third quarter, third quarter bucks are a thing of the past. That was a regular season thing. Like we are here. We are ready to hoop. And then they just showed up in the fourth quarter, similar to to game three, where you're just kind of like, wow, game three, we were able to, to piece it together, hold on to the end tonight. The Bucks really smoked it. I mean, Giannis definitely carried the load. There were a few times there where I felt uh that he might have been taking that one-on-one matchup uh, into consideration a little bit more than trying to get others involved, where I was like, huh, that's, that's kind of interesting. Like Giannis is really going after the shot, where I'm seeing like it was one time Brooke had, I think Marcus Smart sealed off, and it's like, just drop it down to him. And instead he went up with the mid-range shot, where it's like, I get you, you have been cooking. And after the dunk on Al Horford, like he got really hype about it and everything like that. But I felt like at times that, that decision-making – uh, was a little off, and it might have gotten some teammates out of rhythm. But uh, if it wasn't for Giannis taking 32 shots, <laughs> getting the 34 points on those shots, like it would have been real, real sad business. Uh, Drew five for 22. That's tough when that when that's your your second guy to help carry your load with with Middleton out. Five for 22 is just not going to get it done. Honestly, if he could have gave us what Marcus Smart gave the Celtics. Uh, it, it's a different game. 
Well, that's right. And that's why I think, and it's not just tonight, we've seen it through the whole series and there's still that, yeah, the odd, the odds, you know, crazy person or two that is putting out the whole, well, the Bucks don't need Chris Milton. Well, the point is that in the half court, which has been uh, laborious to watch all series long, when you had Chris Milton out there, you had a guy that could relieve the pressure a little bit. You had a guy that can let Giannis have a possession or two off. He doesn't have to be doing absolutely everything on both sides of the floor for 48 minutes of the game. And they just didn't have that. And I thought early in the fourth quarter, we saw a couple of poor possessions. The Bucs went in with a seven-point lead. And I thought that straight away, the Celtics had an 8-0 run. They took the lead. And I just thought that uh, A, Giannis was trying to have a few possessions off. He was trying to get his win back and he just wasn't able to do it. And the, the offense was terrible to start the fourth quarter and then the Celtics really started to get a little bit of a roll on. And we've seen it throughout the season and throughout the Drew Holiday with his time with the Bucs. When you got the three guys, if they all three of them have efficient scoring games, the Bucs are never going to lose. But Drew can have a night like tonight and we saw it plenty of times during the postseason last year and it was okay because Chris Milton took over and he was able to provide that offense. And... You know, there was a couple of possessions in the last quarter where Giannis just laid on the floor and it was you could tell that he's just like, I might just stay here, guys. Yeah. Is it cool? Is it cool if I just stay here for the night? I'm just going to take a little nap now because I'm completely exhausted. But uh, there was a stretch during the third quarter where I was looking at Giannis and saying, I don't know how long he can possibly do this, but there were, with about four minutes to go in the third quarter, him and Jason Tatum both hit the floor uh, on a, a Tatum drive to the basket. There was no foul call. Tatum laid on the ground and was like, I don't think I can get up right now. Giannis got up, Popped sprinted up. <laughs> down, got to the free throw line. And I was just like, I don't know what we're watching here. This guy is just not human. Eventually, uh, he did start to run out of gas. And I would say a major thorn in the Bucks side on this night was an old friend of Mike Budenholzer, Al Horford, who, uh, oh, look, man. credit where credit's due. I mean, this guy is having an absolutely insane series. And I see a lot of stuff on Twitter. Well, just stay at home on Horford. Yes, uh, I, in an ideal situation. Then there's a couple of times where they would help from the corner and he, he got loose for a pretty important corner three. But on other occasions, uh, this guy is just playing absolutely out of his mind. And I don't think that at this age, uh, many people would have predicted that he was going to have a series like this in him. Honestly, uh, I saw that his sister tweeted after the clip where Giannis dunks on him and he's talking. You see Al just kind of nodding his head back at him. His sister was like, um, oh, I know he was pissed at this point. Like the Bucks were in trouble the moment this happened. And I saw the tweet and laughed, but then like well, Al Horford. It's easy to say. I mean, that's. There's been plenty of people that have been pissed at Giannis before and it hasn't worked out well. So th- on this occasion, the tweet looks good, but eh. But keep in mind, too, with this one, it's not like Giannis was holding Horford himself one-on-one. Like, that was, as you mentioned, part of the scheme, kind of letting Horford do what he was going to do. Giannis is helping at the rim. So not apples to apples, but uh, his sister was was hyped. And I was like, I can understand why, because who would have expected that Al Horford would get a career, like, playoff high, miss only three shots on the night, and just continuously, first of all, have the energy to continue on throughout the night. Like, he just got stronger as the as the game went on. And I wouldn't have guessed that was going to happen with 35-year-old Al Horford at any point. Yeah, that's right. And it's interesting because we did see, if you go back a couple of seasons ago, when he was still playing really good basketball with the Celtics, it felt like over the course of the series, Giannis was really able to wear him down. And that's mm-hmm. why I think you know, the the Grant Williams impact, uh, a couple of other bodies that were able to show it at Giannis and just lighten the load a little bit has at least helped. And certainly... Yeah, you know, guys like Marcus Smart, he drew a couple of charges tonight. He'll always do that. 
But Giannis was comfortable enough to score over the top of him or get shots over the top of him. But just giving Horford those possessions off uh, seems like it's working well for the Celtics. But yeah, he's been uh, absolutely insane in this series so yeah. far and, and was the difference tonight when the Bucks couldn't find a secondary scorer to go along with Giannis. The Celtics were able to get it from Al Horford and he played a great game three as well. So the Celtics... Found something in the in the fourth quarter that the Bucks weren't able to. I want to uh, talk about that a bit more after I talk about our friends at Price Picks. Uh, Camille, by the way, your ad read the other day was one of the best I've ever heard in my life. But <laughs> Price Picks, uh, if you're looking for daily fantasy option in, for the NBA, then you need to try the award-winning app Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. All you have to do is pick two to five players and then over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you. First, the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and it offers fast withdrawals and you can uh, easily access it by using the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. So for a limited time, PricePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all our users. You get 50 bucks free if a player in your first PricePix entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Lockdown fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA. For 50 bucks free, if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. And uh, I would say, after watching this game tonight, I need a scoop of AG1 uh, to get me through the rest of the day because I am absolutely exhausted. And people ask, what is AG1 from Athletic Greens? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This is a special blend of ingredients and supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, uh, all the things that are really important to uh, people like me that are starting to become a little bit washed. And uh, and the good news is it's uh, not too expensive, less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than the cold brew habit that uh, someone like me may have uh, during summer. It uh, has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's re- recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts, and uh, overall is uh, just good for you. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support in vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network again. That's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Camille, uh, you hit on something that I thought was pretty interesting because, look, the, the defense for the Bucks, we can continue talking about it, but I think overall they've done a pretty, a pretty good job. I think, again, we saw moments where it was tough for Grayson Allen out on the floor. And credit to him in the first quarter, I thought, on a couple of drives to the basket, I was like, okay, if you could provide something on the offensive end that makes it uh, worthwhile for you to be on the floor, then it would make sense. But overall, uh, he was minus 10 on, on yeah. in his 28 minutes there. And I think defensively, the Celtics are really looking at him and that it does force some of that extra help that we were just talking about earlier. So Grayson Allen is still having a, a really tough series for mine. But on the offensive end, you say, okay, well, how are the Bucs going to win another game in Boston? Because that's what the situation that they're faced with yep. right now. How can they possibly do it? And to be fair, I think now, if you're a Boston fan, you're feeling pretty comfortable with two out of the three games at home. And this did feel like a must-win game for the Bucs, in my opinion. Some people may disagree. But they went to Brook Lopez early in the fourth quarter. And mm-hmm. I think you're right. Uh, again, when we come back to how can you support Giannis, how can you get him off the ball for a few possessions, 
or certainly keep the scoreboard ticking over if he's on the bench having a breather. And I just thought that looked like they found something and then they just weren't willing to stick they with it. You mentioned it. <laughs> Marcus Smart. There's a couple of other times we had Jason Tatum on him. Get the ball to Brooke Lopez and, and let's see if you can get something going there. Honestly, just attack the mismatches a little bit more instead of just thinking like just going one on one. Like just we don't have to make everything more difficult than it already is. This is a great defense. It is already going to be hard to get your shot off. Let's try not to make it more difficult by ignoring mismatches and not going to them. And that was just a point that kept coming up. Even at halftime, I just sent out a tweet asking like Bucks Twitter, like, hey, what's something that you want to see? And a couple of tweets were just like, please attack the mismatches. Like it just it just was not happening throughout the night. And shot selection from others, like I have I hate to say it, like Drew Holiday had some questionable shot selections tonight where I'm like, is that the best shot you thought you could have gotten in this particular moment? And I'm staring at the box score here and I, I want to like kind of zoom in because my eyes can't believe what they're seeing. Is this really say that Giannis was a plus one on the evening while Drew was hmm. minus 23 when they both played 41 minutes? Like, Well, that, what that's telling you is that the Giannis on the bench minutes when Drew was on the floor were absolutely <laughs> disastrous. And we're not talking about much time here. It wouldn't have been too much crossover there, but it clearly didn't right. go well. I think part of the problem with Drew is, and by the way, we obviously we all love Drew, but this is why I think when I said he's going to have to average 25 points a game, mm-hmm. I think Celtics fans were kind of like, really? We're going to win this series if that's what you're coming into the series hoping for. Now, we've seen Drew do it in big games, and he might come and do it in game five. But I think the night to night expecting or hoping for, you know, really efficient 20 plus point, 30 plus point performances are just difficult for Drew, particularly against the defense that has so many guys that they can throw mm-hmm. at him because he's at his best when he is being physical and he's getting into the paint. But I think his own shot creation on the perimeter, yeah, he's knocked down the step backs, but it's a pretty low percentage shot. And it does feel like at times he understands that he has to be the creator and he'll go to those tough mid-ranges or the tough three-point step-back shots. And it just, you know, for me watching, I'm always like, hopefully this goes in rather than thinking this is going down. Yeah, like sometimes it just does not feel like a great shot. So you're more so watching and going, please let this this go in. It reminds me of as a Packer fan, when you used to watch Brett Favre load up and throw the ball down the field, (laughs) you used to kind of be like, oh, my God, what is about to happen here? Does he see someone? Is it about to be picked off? What's about to happen? Meanwhile, when Aaron Rodgers, you know, would go back and do the same thing, you're thinking like, oh, what did he see? Like, it's <laughs> it's, it's probably going to be something down the field that he saw here. And and that's how it's been feeling with Drew. And I, I feel like I'm like harping on him. And it's, it's not like I'm trying to say Drew's a bad player or anything. It's just that with Middleton out, we really need a lot more of him. And that might be asking a monumental ask of him given the effort that he exerts on defense, the job that he has been doing with Wes, with uh, George Hill now on Tatum and Brown. Like it has been impressive. And I can understand that not leaving you too much on the other end, but at the very least, like the decision-making has to, that part at least has to be sound, like at least make the right decisions at certain times and move the ball around. I mean, it just, some, some of the shots were just baffling at times. Well, it's just really difficult because, again, uh, and, you know, I don't think we're being overly negative tonight. The series is 2-2, but it's just looking at what we've seen progress throughout the series. And I would say that I would have to admit, 
or believe that the fatigue factor is only going to continue to grow as mm-hmm. this series goes on and there's no more three-day breaks for these guys uh, in this series. So when we look back to last year and again, and, I, and look, Chris Milton's out, so I'm not, I don't want to keep harping on Chris Milton, but one of the benefits that we saw or one of the major reasons why I believe that Chris was able to have the postseason he did last year was because Drew Holiday was the guy on defense that took a lot of the assignments that Chris Middleton would have been asked to take in the past. And your point is exactly right. Yes, we're saying you need more from Drew Holiday, but maybe that's an unrealistic ask when you, when you consider what he's doing on the defensive end, but it's, but the reality is that they desperately need it or else they're probably not going to win this series. So he's in a tough position. uh, And the Bucs to me uh, just don't have any way of relieving the pressure outside of asking Giannis to do something that probably no human physically should be able to do and he's doing a, an incredible job but geez i don't really remember and we saw it in you know he obviously had a huge series against brooklyn huge series against phoenix all this other stuff but i i don't know i, I don't really remember watching Giannis and just thinking my goodness this that they are asking him to do uh borderline too much yeah and it felt in this game as well i have to go back and, and re-watch it but it felt like we saw a lot more Giannis at center minutes um, I am looking because I felt like Bobby Portis did not play as much as he has recently. And I double checked and it was only 15 minutes for Bobby tonight. That's his first sub 20 minute game this series. So uh, clearly, you know, Bud was probably thinking, let's get some more shooting, you know, around Giannis. Let's try to knock some of these down. But uh, the three point shooting for the Bucks continues to be atrocious. Uh, 33% for them at this point feels like a victory <laughs> just based on how things have been going. But I don't know. I, I see that was kind of like an adjustment, at least from what I was able to see tonight without rewatching and that it seemed like they're just trying to put more shooters out there on the floor around Giannis at the time, little smaller bodies instead of, you know, clogging it up with, with Bobby, which I don't know. Bobby was two for seven tonight, so he didn't seem to really have it, but I don't know. Maybe we could have used some, some more Bobby minutes as well. I think one of the difficult things with Bobby, and we're seeing it a lot in this series, and and he says it himself, he's got a really slow release on that three-point shot, and it looks like he's just not, he hasn't got the time to get those threes up. So he, he only attempts one tonight, uh, and all these other six shots were within within the uh, within the arc. And I think there was a lot of occasions where the ball was kicked out to him, and maybe he just needs to let it fly, but it's like he just pump fakes, and it's like, okay, well, I don't think it's my shot to go off the dribble and then all of a sudden the defense resets again. So I just think he's having a hard time. And you know, Frank spoke about his defense uh, the other night. And look, he's been pretty good all season long, but he's not Brook Lopez out on the floor. And I think he probably got to the point tonight where it's like, well, if he can't be an offensive factor, we've seen this before, we saw this in the series against Brooklyn, uh, maybe those minutes start to wind down. Uh, a little bit there, but this has been a roller coaster series so far, and it's been a roller coaster at Bet Online as well, which continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, as we're talking about here, Major League uh, Baseball scores, uh, the fights that are going on, boxing, MMA, and uh, even next season's NFL uh, futures there as well. So, Bet Online is your continued source for all that stuff, esports, even as well. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. So much talk about the officiating leading into this one uh, tonight, and whatever you know, the Bucks had twenty-seven free throws. Boston had twenty. There was, I mean, 
they could probably call a foul on every position, every possession for both teams right now with the way this game is going. A couple of things in particular stand out to me, though. First of all, the taunting tech on... So weak. I mean, what what the hell are we doing here? Like, you if you dunk on someone, you're allowed to just look at them and just give them a little nod. And to your point earlier, if Al Horford's sister said that uh, he nodded back, then it's just two men saying, okay, here we go. Exactly. We're going at each other. So, refs, get the hell out of the way. And then the second interesting one was the uh, was the sort of Horford follow-through uh, swinging arm that, that got Giannis in the face. And there's been a lot of uh, hits to the face, let's say, in this series. So, you know, whatever. Uh, they reviewed it. I believe it's a, it was a tech because it wasn't uh, – it was already dead, called dead, dead by that point, so it yeah. couldn't be a flagrant. Whatever. I don't know. I mean, I just personally didn't – I can't – figure out in my head how that could have possibly been intentional act by Al Horford. I was kind of fine with it. It yeah. sucks. You hope Giannis is okay. I don't know how he got up with that. Again, it's just another example that it was me. I'm probably knocked out on the floor. Uh, he got up, which is great. Uh, but it, I didn't see anything crazy in that. Yeah, me either. It was a lot of hard files, a lot of playoff playoff files, to be honest with you, uh, at least in my opinion, where I was just kind of like, Hard file, like let's keep playing. <laughs> the only the only thing that had me kind of like, wait, what did I just see? Was like Marcus Smart was boxing Giannis out and just kind of fell on his legs, and I was like, yeah. that looked a little unnatural. But um, overall, like it's just bodies all over the place. Like <laughs> I almost gave a, a spoiler, a Marvel spoiler, but it, it's just it. I don't know. It's like the attitude era. It's like wrestling out there. It's it's literally just bodies hitting the floor over and over. And I don't know if people realize at times how hard the hardwood floor is. Like I'm 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 baffled seeing these guys take some of the falls that they're taking and getting back up. I'm just like, I know <laughs> they're in the locker room after the game and just completely beat up afterwards. It's been a physical, physical series. Uh some nineties, <laughs> some nineties basketball up. Uh, 90s basketball take in the modern age, I'll say. And that's the challenge for Milwaukee because I imagine uh, when you have all those bumps and bruises but you win a game like the Bucks did the other night, you sit back, you take a deep breath and say, okay, thank goodness I put myself through that but we got the win. Tonight, they're sitting there and saying, oh my goodness, now we have to fly to Boston. If we lose the next game, we're down in the series and Boston's feeling like they're right back in it. If Boston had lost mm-hmm. this one tonight, maybe that's where you can break them but it's not the case. Uh, so we've only got about 48 hours now, Camille, as well. So uh, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it, but they're going to have to figure something out. And for the Bucks, they just have to find a way. Defensively, again, they continue to do it. I know they gave up 43 in the fourth quarter tonight, and you would, you know, it's difficult to win a game if you're going to give up 43 points. There's no doubt about that. And there was some defensive stuff there. But overall, uh, this team has been battling defensively, uh, but perhaps predictably, uh, scoring continues to be a problem and uh, maybe we're at the point where you just say well Giannis save us if you can possibly get yourself yeah. to do it yeah Giannis save us I mentioned they mentioned that uh Middleton might be back at some point in the season but I would not want to put that much pressure on Middleton to like save the Bucks in this series at this point like I feel like if Middleton does come back at any point in this series minute restriction, very limited time, trying to get back into shape because coming back against a physical team like Boston too, that's that's a tough ask of somebody. Um I know we miss them, but <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a a fun game five. I feel like game five in in particular is going to be such a swing game because imagine coming back to Milwaukee, you're up three two, 
what that looks like in comparison to coming back home, Milwaukee three, two, your backs against the wall with or without Chris Middleton, you have to perform at this point. So we're going to have to just see. Well, the Bucks at home in uh, big game sixes last year against Brooklyn, against Phoenix did okay. Uh, but there will be a lot of pressure. My early guess would be that there would be, I mean, I don't think Chris Middleton's probably playing in this series at all, but I would imagine that bringing him back for game five would seem not like a move they would do it. It seemed right. like, if you if you don't think that he can do any worse damage, it's a hail mary for Game Six. You hope you get the the team gets a bit of a boost from that, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens here over the next couple of days. Uh, Camille, let's wrap it here. Uh, apologies to you for uh, making you sit through this again. I I love the pod you did with Frank. You made you know I think a lot of people feel better about the game. Hopefully we've done that tonight. <laughs> but this is a tough one if you're a Bucks fan. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be back with a podcast tomorrow. We'll post game in Game Five and let's see what happens. 2-2. It's not the uh, end of the world if you're a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks. But a tough loss tonight, no doubt. Uh, for myself, for Camille, take it easy over there and get some sun. I see that's warm in Milwaukee. If you live in Milwaukee, get some sun. Go out for a walk. Have a built bar. You'll feel much better about it. <laughs> and we'll catch you guys tomorrow.